experienced in these blackouts, blackout, stretches of time you can't account for. Welcome back, everybody, and Happy New Year. Today, we're going to be doing a, a lost log to start the year off. Uh, real quick, before we get into it, today is January 16th. It's my mom's birthday. Shout out to my mom. Congrats on living another year, man. You, you did it, Happy mom. birthday. Happy birthday, Jose's mom. Um, also, big one of our biggest fans. So I feel like I'm not giving her enough fanfare right now. She's she rocks. Is it, She's pretty cool. How ex how nice is it that our two biggest fans are our moms? Our moms. It's actually pretty nice because it really is. It actually, and I'm is. not. It sounds like I'm being sarcastic, but we're not. We love our moms. Thank you. Yeah, because like my brother doesn't even listen to the podcast, and I would have thought this would have been up his alley, but he doesn't. The other day, I was like, "Oh man, did you listen to that episode?" And he was like, "I haven't listened in a year," and I was like, "Ah." Cool. I'm like, we've only gotten my better brother, in the last year. <laughs> my brother so. kind of listens. My dad, he generally listens. I think my but dad has probably listened moms. to one. My mom listens and then texts me things mm. to tell you. Good. Anyway, Mason, today I want to start the year off with something familiar, something something lax. You know, we did a an episode, a Lost Log, a little bit ago on strange encounters in the woods, which I always love reading about. Whether it's like supernatural or people, I just I I love being in the woods. I love camping and I love spooky shit happening out in the woods. Same. Um, and so we're gonna be revisiting that. Uh, we're gonna have some little bit of an ambiance. It's just gonna feel like you're listening to two guys around a campfire. Maybe you're the creepy encounter, and you've just stumbled upon us, and you're just eavesdropping. Or maybe you were invited. It's up to you. I'll let you decide which one of those you want to do. Oh, and as always, all our, our um, sources and whatnot will be in the show notes. So let's get started before my neighbor starts banging on the wall because I'm podcasting too late at night. It's 5 o'clock, people. They've already done it. It's 5 p.m. But we love it, though. Send Jose money so he can get the fuck out of this place. <laughs> all right. You ready, Mason? Let's get into I'm, it. I'm, I'm making the little teepee. I'm putting the the, mm-hmm. the, the lint, the the, and I'm lighting the fire. You know, the kindling. I'm toasting. I'm toasting s'mores already. Toasting s'mores. We're by the lake. The bug, the critters are in the air. Let's talk some spooky shit. My pops and I are avid campers. Not professionals anymore, but my dad used to be a wilderness guide for kids. We typically prefer the eastern-western Sierras as they have great car camping spots next to lakes and lots of great trails. Last summer, we decided to go up for a two-night stay and do some day hiking. The campground was pretty full, not unusual for the summer, but we were lucky enough, I thought at the time, to find a pretty secluded site and we set up our tents. There's nothing better than a secluded site. I think we talked about this last time because I re- went back and re-listened to it a little bit so we wouldn't rehash stuff. But... I just love, if you're going to go camping, I love doing it not right next to people. You know what I mean? Yeah. I hate the camp. Yeah, the whole point of camping camp, is to I not be I hate campgrounds where it's people. like they're right next to each other. Because I'm like, well, that's just stupid. Mm-hmm. I agree. First night was normal. Little bear activity, but we're used to that. Second night, I crawl into my backpacking tent. Head and toes hit both ends very small. And I pass out cold. Until about 3 a.m. when I wake up to the sound of footsteps. My dad is a diabetic and needs to get up to pee around three to four times a night. And the sounds are definitely footprints, but they're coming from the wrong direction. We were located next to the bathrooms, so the footsteps should be moving in that direction, but they're coming closer to my tent. They stop about a yard short and the breathing gets really heavy. At first, I brush it off as dad and maybe lost without a flashlight. The breathing goes away. I fall back asleep only to be woken a few minutes later to breathing right above the tent. You know that rush of, te- of terror up your spine? I had that. This 
wasn't Dad. I laid perfectly still, but the footprints continued to circle the tent. I had the rain fly on so I couldn't see through the roof, and it was a new moon and pitch black. Now I convince myself, a heavy sleeper, that I'm dreaming. Just as that thought runs through my head, I feel a single finger run the length of my foot through the tent. Real slow and methodical. Now I figure I have to be dreaming because my foot is in my sleeping bag and I couldn't possibly feel that. But that comfort disappeared quickly when I realized, using the small ambient light available, that my foot was bare and out of the bag. I laid frozen as, whatever it was, stroked my foot for a minute or two, gave a few more labored breaths, and then just stood above my tent for what felt like an eternity before disappearing. I stayed up all night. Well, that was just Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> he was just getting. He was just doing. Fuck his, yeah! Yeah, got him. In the morning, I heard my dad get out of his tent. I bolted up and met him by the fire. He looked me in the eyes and asked if I had gotten up the night before. I asked him the same, and he said he had at around two a.m. because he thought someone was going through our stuff. As I told him my story, we noticed our gear had been rearranged on the table. Every item, nothing taken. Footprints in a perfect circle around my tent. We still can't even talk about it. That was from Kitten in a Bear Suit from the Occult Museum. Okay, here's the thing. One of two things. One, it's supernatural. Maybe it's like a Bigfoot or something. That would Maybe that's why everything was neatly arranged. Or it's just a creep. And the labored breaths was them jerking off. Because cause they say that Look. like they felt it stroke and then like felt a cu- like heard a couple more labored breaths. So maybe that was uh-huh. like him finishing. Either way, it's I mean, gross. Which one of, what, I think I'd which rather one be of us a big hasn't one. jerked off in what? someone else's tent? Which one of us hasn't jerked off in someone else's campsite? I've Okay, well, I've definitely jerked off in someone else's campsite and in someone else's tent. Okay, so we, so we agree that it's entirely possible that that would happen. But I haven't... No, hang on. Because I haven't like gone to someone else's tent, stroked their foot, and jerked off while I was stroking their foot. Have you? Is that what you were saying? Let me ask you this: Would you, yeah, yeah. if I said yes, would you think that was normal? No. You did no. I have. Oh, okay. You're on a list somewhere, Mason. I hope you know that. A list of what? Of sexy guys yeah yeah list of sexy guys yeah all right what do you think though was that spooky was that kind of spooky a little spooky wookie right or yes. no oh, it's pretty spooky i don't okay. like the idea of someone touching my feet i don't like the idea yeah no 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 i don't either um i remember one time we went camping some friends and i and it was really windy and the tent like pushed in on us and I was asleep, and then I felt like the cloth on my face, and I woke up terrified. I thought there was somebody touching my cheek. My cousins live in North Dakota, and I spend the winter break there freshman year in college. We were at their friend's house one night, drinking in her basement with some other girls, and it was really late, like 3 a.m. I was falling asleep, so I decided to walk home. They live in a desolate area with lots of snow, and it gets really cold, especially at night. But the houses weren't too far apart. And when the moon is out, it seems light out. The path we always take is straight behind the house through some wooded areas that then more open land. As I was shuffling home through the snow with my head down, I look up and to the left, my 10 o'clock, probably like 75 yards away, is another figure walking in the opposite direction. I saw him a split second before he saw me, and when he did, he kind of jerked his arms like shoulders up a little, obviously startled from the side of me as I was with him. I laughed out loud for some reason, just from the shock or something. I gave him a little wave like, oh, you startled me, haha, sorry, kind of thing. He just stood there and stared at me. I thought he was going to say something for a second, and so I was stopped too, just looking at him. He had a full face ski mask on, and I could tell it was a dude because he was really tall. That's sexist. But he didn't say anything. Have you seen the movie Tall Girl? It they made they made two tall girls. It could have been Brittany Griner. Could have been could have been Brittany Griner looking for that weed out there. 
So for what? Okay, <laughs> she's an American hero. Oh yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I'm if glad she's out. I don't say out. anything. It feels like it sounds like you're being serious. <laughs> I just left you out to dry yeah, on that one, did, and I don't feel bad about it. Mm-hmm. So she was the first woman to dunk in the. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's Let's true. That doesn't sound that true. Scratch that one from yeah. the record. I don't think that's true. Mm. But he didn't say anything. So for what felt like forever, it's just me and some stranger in a ski mask looking at each other in the desolate woods. Sounds like a great Tuesday night. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just me, stranger mm-hmm. in a ski mask, looking at each other in the desolate woods. It's a good time right there. I think the real question is, how cold was it? Mm, yeah, yeah. Because if it's super you know, cold... Because if it's cold, that just makes sense. Yeah. You would, you would be wearing a ski mask. A huge chill went up my spine and a voice said... You need to get the fuck out of here right now. I turned and started walking as fast as I could home. I've never been that scared in my life. I was a little drunk, stoned, and very paranoid. I imagined me walking home from the opposite perspective, and the man is running up from behind me with an axe. So I literally just screamed and started sprinting as fast as I could all the way home, thinking that this guy could easily follow my tracks in the snow, and I'm going to get murdered. Luckily, I didn't. But I don't think I'll be visiting them again anytime soon. J. White 45 thought catalog. Here's the thing. That is kind of a scary image of just like, you know, and it's it's I think it's spooky because it's so far away in the distance that they see that you see this person and it's they're just standing there cuz like it's one thing if they're like, "Oh shit, it scared me." Ha. And then they just kept walking, but the fact that they like stop and just stare and not say it anything. It reminds me Yeah. That's spooky it dookie. reminds me of do you remember the story of the person who saw the um, Golden State Killer? When they were driving, they were at a stoplight, and they like look over, and the the Golden State Killer, the Bay Area, the East Area rapist, yeah. was he had his like mask on and shit, and he was like like lay, like like stuck up yes. against a wall. Yes. And they like made eye contact, and he started like walking towards the the car, and he fucking sped away. The point is, I it, that's scary. It's fucking yeah. terrifying. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Also, yeah. um, yeah, especially if you're high. I mean, every time I get high, I hear a little noise, and I'm like, "This is it, guys. Like, we're fucking dead." Yeah. I've never gotten high, so I don't know. But oh, I forgot you're fucking lame. My bad. Hmm. Hmm. You're no, you're no American hero like me and Brittany Griner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you flipped it, you son of a bitch! Ah, ha, ha. What is, what's that? Skeleton for for the, for the audio one? listeners, Mason's cat, Skeleton Dan, is absolutely going bonkers in the background. He's just. I locked Pod Dog out of the room so that he couldn't do this. Well, he's so he's normally such a quiet boy. He got so much bigger too. He's so big now. Yeah. They grow up right before they're they, your they eyes. They literally do. Oh, wow. He just left right out of Mason's hands. Like a mm-hmm. slippery He's banana. He's very agile. Yeah. All right. <laughs> you know, like if a banana was too slippery and you're trying to grab it and it keeps like... All right. No, because I don't live in a cartoon. I live in the <laughs> real world. Oh. So I don't know bad. what you're talking about. <laughs> Dude, sometimes... Sometimes I do feel like I live in a cartoon. The other day I was walking down the sidewalk and I turned to the, my right and there was a, a tunnel through the wall. So I tried to go in it because I saw a man go through it. And then when I tried to go through it, I ran into the wall. It's a real okay, story, I told by you the way. To stop. I told you you have to stop doing that. I told you you have to stop trying to run through uh, tunnels on walls. I thought it was a tunnel. What can I say? And then the other night, I was running off a cliff, and I stopped, and once I, no- I turned and noticed it was a cliff, mm-hmm. I held up a sign yeah. that said, help, and then I fell, and I broke my leg. Yeah, and I told you, you need to stop following, you need to stop carrying around signs specifically mm-hmm. meant for when you've come off a walk-off cliffs. Yeah. Hours walk through thick brush to the nearest possible road. Age 14, maybe 15, hiking and camping with two fellow Boy Scouts and an adult. We made camp for the night and had a cold dinner because it was too wet to scavenge firewood. Mm. And all turned in early. I want to be clear to our readers or listeners out there. I didn't start in the middle of a thing. That's how this started. The story started in the middle of a thing, yeah. 
Even in the woods, there are noises. Frogs, owls, small game, and every sort of bug. My tent mate and I awoke at the same time, maybe 3 a.m., to hear nothing outside. You know how you wake up at the sound of nothing? Yeah. Absolute ear-straining silence, like a woolen blanket wrapped around the head. After a few minutes, the bugs started chirping again, and we went back to sleep. When we woke up in the morning, we found that five of the pine trees surrounding our little clearing had been connected in a, in a star shape with scraped lines, and pinned to each one of them was a stick man, like the ones from Blair Witch. The leader and his son, which were the occupants of the other tent, accused us of fucking with them. But we both knew it wasn't us. That's a story nobody believes. I mean, who would believe the alibis of two kids? I'll never camp without the safety of a large group and civilization nearby again. That was from Awesome Awesomeificationist from the Occult Museum. Um, I, ear straining silence is very interesting to me. Like the idea of, mm -hmm. I, I think that I, I, I've definitely talked about this before on the podcast. That is very spooky to me. Like being outside and then you notice like, wait, it's really quiet. Like there's no noise at all. Right. Cause, yeah. Cause that's a, the yeah, sign that's of something's fair. wrong. I think they say it happens before large storms where all the animals will go quiet. Like even bugs and shit. So, right. That's fucking spooky. But then also, I like that the idea of. I think that's one of the things that Blair Witch did right, was, turning the wood. I mean, obviously the woods have always been scary, but like the use of like. The woods to create symbols and whatnot. That's fucking spooky, man. The idea, the way they did it in such a realistic way. Yeah. Of like, it's not something crazy. This is great. Out in the boonies. About to do some shooting in the woods. Typical Truck comes Mason. over the ridge. That's me. That's the most Mason shit I ever heard. On the boonies shooting. Yeah. Truck comes over the ridge on a one-lane logging road. Seeing the oncoming vehicle, we pull over as far as possible to allow them to pass. They do not pass. They pull up close to my vehicle as possible, and I mean inches, if that. Kept our rigs from touching. Two country-ass dudes in ragged clothes <laughs> drinking beer with rifles across their laps. The back of the truck is full of lumber. This was a logging area. Okay. We say, hello. Hello. Silence. They do nothing but sit quietly and stare at us. Then a dozen vehicles come mm -hmm. over the ridgeline. These vehicles are packed with lumber. Minivans with basket seats full a Honda Civic with a backseat, shotgun and trunk teeming with lumber, all of which is being illegally stolen from, lumber from the lumber company that felled trees but hasn't transported them. Literally felonious amounts of lumber being stolen, and we are the only witness. Out of cell range in the middle of nowhere, my buddy has his handgun hand drawn low. Mine is pressed to my car door, pointed right at these guys. We sit in silence till the final car passes. They drive off without a word. I got a membership to a range next week. Fuck country-ass places. That was from Production Shooter from Thought Catalog. Anyway, yeah, the, the image of, of a dozen vehicles coming over the ridge is really scary. But I think there's nothing... It's kind of like what you were talking about with the Golden State Killer. I think the just the idea of catching someone committing a crime when you're in a very vulnerable situation is very spooky. Because yeah. like, if you catch the someone doing a like, crime and there's like police nearby or lots of people and you can be like, that guy's committing a crime. But like if you're in a fucking alleyway somewhere and someone's clearly like committing a crime, you're not going to be like, oh, oh, that guy. You're like more like, I didn't, hey, man, I didn't see anything. I didn't. Yeah, it's especially scary when it's like, I don't even care. I don't That's care that you're stealing thing. lumber. Like, if I saw that, I'd be like, guys, listen, I could give a rat's ass. But they don't know that. They could be like, oh, well, I have to shoot this guy. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. This one comes from Lone Squirrel, also from the Occult Museum. 
And it goes like this. <clears throat> I can't stop this feeling. Nah, I'm just kidding. One night. Deep inside of me. Girl, you just don't realize what you do to me. When you hold me in your arms so tight, you let we me We have know. to have broken co copyright. By have now. to. Have to. We need to do a cover album of just us covering that and you can dance if you want to. You can leave your friends behind. Leave your friends behind. Because yeah. your friends don't dance. And, and if, if they, they don't, don't dance, dance well, then they're, they're no, no friends, friends of, of mine. One night I was camping near where an old river dam had been. I pulled the canoe in late, so I just draped the tarp over the canoe and crawled underneath it and fell asleep. In the middle of the night, I woke up to the sound of roaring water. I crawled up from under the tarp, and the sound stopped. I thought I must have been imagining it, or it was the wind through the trees or something. I crawled back under the tarp, and the sound started again. This time when I crawled out, it didn't stop. The sound got louder and louder. I realized that it sounded like water ripping through the woods. Even the dogs had their hair on end. I quickly pulled the tarp off the canoe and dragged it to the top of a ridge and waited to see what was making that noise. Then I heard the voices. Men yelling and a dull thumping noise. I huddled down next to the boat, pulled the dogs close, and waited for the sun to come up to find out what was happening. Morning came, and there was nothing to see. To this day, I don't know what that was, but I have my ideas. I will not camp there ever again. I was told that the land remembers, and that's fine. I just don't need to be there when it's remembering. Hmm, interesting stuff. It reminds me, have you seen the video? that was, It made the rounds in like the spooky YouTube compilation uh, community like a year or so ago. It was this guy, I can't remember his name, if anybody knows, write in. Um, he's a YouTuber who like explores abandoned caves. And he goes to one with his dog, and he's never like been like, Oh man, this is spooky, I think I heard a ghost. Like He's had like hundreds of videos where he's just like, I fucking love being in caves, dude, this is awesome. And then just one. Oh yeah! yeah he's with his was dog. Was it like a mine? Yeah, it was a mine. He's with his dog. And, and there's like a chain? Yes. So that was the second one. So the first one he hears the strange noise goes back like a year later and he sees the chain moving and then after that he you can hear what sounds like drilling equipment and an alarm coming from like deep in the mine and that's when he's like yeah, I don't like that. I'm going to leave. So that so the sound of like roaring water and men working and stuff like that that kind of reminds me of that of like I think it's a really interesting, like he, like he says, that people say the land remembers. I think it's a really interesting idea of, like, the just ghosts. Or echoes? not even ghosts. It's more like, like echoes of things that yeah. happened. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, you know, there's certain, some people that think that that's what ghosts are, is just psychic energy left behind, like residue, like a, like a, like a echo. Um, I don't know. I don't know if this one is, I don't I guess if I was in his shoes I would probably be really spooked. It's not like traditionally spooky. It's more like if you think about it it's spooky, but I don't know. I mean also it's don't don't just camp in a canoe though. That's doesn't seem like a good idea. Well, I mean if that's what you're into, that's what you're into, but yeah. I mean, I get what you're saying. Yeah. A few years ago, a girlfriend and I lived in an apartment complex near some woods and a lake. I would occasionally take my banjo Illy, out to this boards on wires with a tarp hut I found in the woods. Is that, I'm sorry, Illy is the name of the banjo? Yeah. Mostly kids used it to smoke pot, but it was also great to get some real down south picking going on. Anyway, I'm out there one night, and I'm a fucking idiot, practicing chords or whatever, I still suck at it. Cue sticks breaking, people shouting, and distant slivers of light shining through the hut's boards. So, you know, I ignore it as it all comes closer. A few moments later, one of them comes in. He seems a little hazy. Are you the architect? No, I'm not. His friend Waltz is in machete in hand, telling me he is on LSD. I play real chill as he and, like, four other friends come in and sit down next to me. They start telling me how euphoric they feel, how the banjo playing was euphoric. 
I guess Britney Spears on banjo should have that effect, and how he brought his machete in case there was crazy Pete Woods people. Anyway, my then-girlfriend calls. I calmly tell her I met some friends. She asked if they were high and if I was high. When one of them shouted that they were on LSD, girlfriend wanted me to come home right away. I told her I would be soon. Really, I just didn't want to immediately upset the machete wankers just in case. Eventually, I tell them I need to get home to my girlfriend. Bonus story, I get to the apartment and get chewed out for not coming right home after she got off work. Telling her I was trying to be careful around machete LSD wankers and was trying not to die didn't matter because she was a narcissist like her then-dying dad. Alan Wayside, thought catalog. Takes Whoa. a big turn at the end. <laughs> That's what why I included this What just happened <laughs> at the end of that? What the fuck? This is one of those guys that just has to be like, yeah, my bitch wife. You know. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Yeah, anyway, Christ. I almost got, you know, these fucking crazy machete guys, they almost killed me. Then my girlfriend was a bitch because her fucking dad was dying. It's just like, <laughs> what? Having lived in Iowa and encountering crackheads and shit, there's. It, people on drugs are spooky, man. Don't worry, I hung around some places. Don't, don't even worry about it. Iowa's a meth capital of the United States. You know, it's funny that you said that because I was just like, I don't know, that doesn't seem that crazy. <laughs> and now I'm wondering if it's just because I've grown up my entire life here. Mm. But just, yeah, running into, like, people tripping on shit is not fun. You know what I mean? I mean, it's not I've never, fun, but it's I've never felt scared. Oh, this reminds me, actually. I remember why I also included this because I wanted to to tell this story. This isn't related to the woods, but it is related to somebody being on something. Um, one time when I lived in the valley, um, I was going to the gym late at night with some friends and we were leaving probably like around midnight and we see this guy walking towards us and we're talking outside of our cars and it, it is kind of a sketchy area, which is why we didn't like to go to that gym a lot of the time. And he walks up to us and we're like, oh shit. Then he starts talking to us. He's some older guy. Starts talking about how we remind him of his nephews or something. And he's clearly, like, probably homeless, but he's definitely on something. And then right. he tells my friend, like, oh, you look so much like my nephew, man. It's insane. And we're like, oh, yeah, haha. And then he's like, yeah, man, I've had a shitty day. Somebody stole my bike. And we're like, oh, dude, that fucking sucks. And then he goes, yeah, it's all right, though. I got something for them. And then he pulls out. He whole time, he had a fucking knife in his hand. And that's when we were like, oh, shit, like, hey, like, we're trying so hard. Like, how do we get out of this? Which is why I understand this guy's story. Where it's like, we were like, how do we get out of this without upsetting him and making him want right. to stab us? So, like, they all, like, yeah. we all looked at each other, like, how do we, and like, it was, it was, tell you, tell you, man, I was, I was scared because he was clearly on something. So I'm like, he's not thinking straight. Like, I say the wrong thing and he's going to get mad. We ended up just be like okay, being like, makes like listening to him and being like, oh, yeah, dude, that sucks. That sucks. And, and then eventually like, oh, shoot, we just remember we have to get going to that one place. I got that text and they were like, oh, yeah, yeah. And he was like, all right, guys, you have a good one. And then we were like, what the fuck? That's spooky fair. shit. That's a dude. terrifying situation. Yeah. I, I genuinely thought I, I might get stabbed that night. And just the vibes were off, you know? Yeah, I get that. I've almost stabbed you several times. That's pretty much, that's why I was so scared. Because I was like, I've been down this road before. I'm like, oh no, Mason? I had flashbacks. First Fair time enough. I came to your house that you tried to stab me. So I was like, oh shit. That's true. Yeah. Well, you didn't, you said you didn't drink, so. So then you had to get violent. A long time ago, a few friends and I decided to go camping. We lived in a really rural area. Were you about to say something? No, no, I was waiting for you to start. Oh, good, okay. We lived in a really rural area, so we just picked up a random stretch of... So we just picked a random stretch of wood that wasn't around someone's house. Uh, we were talking... We're talking really rural. Cornfields on both sides a few miles apart. That's normal. And then nothing but interrupted... Uninterrupted <laughs> empty forest. Until you hit the next road. Which was a good distance off. All of this is a normal... That's just what outside looks like. 
Buddy, Mason, buddy. This What's is up? not how normal people's neighborhoods look. We hiked about three miles in before we made camp. Later on, in the middle of the night, we got freaked out and decided that camping in a random forest wasn't a good idea. So we hiked probably five miles back to the road because we somehow got into one of the cornfields and those absolutely suck. Miles of rows and you can't see the end of. Uh, not being able to see your friends on the left or right through the stalks is pretty unsettling. Not to mention that the reason we decided to go back to the car in the first place was because we heard random rustling around us the whole night that followed us until we were 20 feet before, or until we were at least 20 feet before the road. None of this was the scary part. The next day, we went back to get all of our stuff. Uh, which the forest obviously is much less creepy in the day, so it was a nice walk and we started to bullshit. During that, one of us yelled, Marco, and unfortunately, someone answered. Like I said, much less creepy in the daytime, feeling pretty comfortable, we kept playing trying to find the presumable hiker or hunter that was bullshitting with us. Eventually, the answers stopped, but we knew what direction they were in, so we kept heading that way. Not a good idea. This is this story is the most relatable because not only do they live in an area that I live in, but also every time I do. hear a strange noise, I'm like, well, we should probably check it That's out. That's why I included it, man. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we kept heading that way. Finally, we reached an old, mostly crumpled barbed wire fence surrounding the foundation of a house that used to be there. This is not uncommon in the forest I grew up in. Uh, there were lots of houses that had been built and then neglected when their owners sold their land to farmers and moved away. But the fact that playing Marco Polo was apparently, uh, with an apparently disembodied voice that led us here was pretty unsettling. Our tent is still in that forest and it can keep it. Horse ebooks 47. R slash creepy reddit. Yeah, um, do you have any spooky, uh, uh corn field stories did you did you did you fuck around in the cornfields a lot growing up or no no because we all know not to go into the cornfields mm, see i did when i moved to college there and it was pretty spooky <laughs> but don't i don't go into the cornfields there's a thing and this is a legitimate thing like they talk it's about illegal, especially in off. well yes but more specifically they talk about this in, um, what was the Oregon Trail times, right? Yeah. Especially when you get in my area of the country where prairies and cornfields now, they're like oceans. Yeah. Right? It's so easy to, you can't see anything. You can't yeah. see any, any markers. You just get lost in them. It's the same cornfields now, prairies back then. It's like an ocean of land and there's nothing that makes it distinct there's nothing that sticks out you can just get lost in them don't go in them sounds like a good time to me man you don't have to keep selling me on it i'm already sold i mean go ahead if you want it's just it's like they're spooky you don't my thing when i lived in oski was i used to love driving past them at night because it gave me the heebie-jeebies i'd be like ooh, mm -hmm. what if there's something yeah. spooky in there Always reminded me of Jeepers Creepers. I got yeah, lost in a corn maze like once ocean. in Utah, and that was a short corn maze. And I just ended up cutting through the stalks, and I made it to the end. And everybody was like, how'd you get out here so fast? You were the fastest one. And I was like, <laughs> I didn't want to tell them. I'm I just really ran, through the, <laughs> it ran through the fucking corn stalks. I destroyed a lot of it. And then, you know, you're, they, they don't like it when you do that. I was kind of sad. That, but, that, but like the middle, middle America, again, there's a lot of creepiness to it because it's so open and vast. You know, even the neighborhoods are so spaced out. But which I'd but I'd, I'd known, rather live so. in a neighborhood like that than live in a fucking suburb where like you don't have any space. But that's how a lot of like the southern towns in Utah are. And they always kind of spooked me. It was very early in the morning, around two to three a.m., and I was in a very open area waiting for my boss to return with some equipment. Okay. As I was waiting, I got the feeling. Like I was being watched by something that didn't want me there, and I had some in and had and the thing that was watching me had some intent on harming me. I stood up and looked around. The moon was very bright, 
that night, and I could clearly see all the way to the tree lines, probably 50 yards on both sides of me. Nothing was around me. I calmed down a bit and took my pack off my back to get a drink out. As I open the drink, I hear a whoosh, whoosh, whoosh sound flying through the air from behind me. It was like the sound a stick makes when you throw it overhand. I literally dove out of the way with my bag falling on the ground and my drink flying through the air, spilling as I jumped away. I recover from my diving experience and take my radio out of my bag to radio my boss. I go, I'm not trying to freak you out or anything, but I'm on my way back to the shop. I just heard something thrown at me. As I'm talking to him, I'm looking around the snowy ground for anything that could have been hurled at me. There was nothing on the ground but snow. I had no idea what the hell was going on at this point. His reply of, I've already got a head start on you, I'll see you there, sounded out of breath like he was running. I gather my stuff and start hauling ass back to the shop. I get back and meet my boss there, and he's pacing back and forth in our shop, freaking out. I get him to calm down, and he tells me he was on his way back up to me when he got the same feeling I got before something got thrown at me. He said, after, he got the feeling he stopped to look around and heard something clearly two-legged start walking towards him, barely crunching in the snow. Then, he said, it started running at him, but there was nothing in sight. All of the sounds of movement stopped, and he froze to listen for more sounds. Then, he said, a hot breath was hitting the back of his neck, and he proceeded to freak out. He said he ran the whole way back to the shop. About halfway back is when he heard me on the radio. The crazy part about the whole thing is the area where we were where we were working has several burial mounds of from the in the woods from Native Americans. Apparently there used to be an altar of some kind made out of stone that was buried during the construction project a few decades ago. That's from Get Logicated from the Occult Museum. You move the gravestones, but you didn't move the graves. You know, <laughs> Yes. Um. Yeah, dude, that's spooky. Having something thrown at you and not knowing where it came from, that's like, I think I've told this story a bunch of times on this podcast, but when I was a little kid, I had something thrown at me like that, too. And I turned around, there was no one there. Um, but also, the woods at night during the snow, they just hit differently. You know what I mean? For some reason, something about the snow on the ground makes it spookier to me. You know, winter in the woods. Maybe it's because everything is so dead. Um, it's quiet too. Yeah, but the like the also the hot breath on his neck. Oh, that just like gives me the chills thinking about that. I don't like that. Never like anybody's really? hot it breath turns, on my back. It turns me on. Hmm. My cousin is with the Forest Service in the Montana slash Wyoming area, and this I decided to go up there with her. To literally test the waters. <laughs> she does hydrology and has to ride out to the middle of nowhere to test streams and snow runoff to ensure no contaminants. So I thought that sounded fun and wanted to do a bit of tour, of touring with her. We were going to have to camp out there for two nights, so we packed up all our gear and saddlebags or saddle bundles and started out. I've never been able to camp with horses, and that's something I've always wanted to do to like horseback ride into an area and then set up camp and be able to like horseback ride out. I'm not a big fan of horses. I want to do that same mm. thing on motorcycles though. I'm a big fan of like horses. Dirt bikes? But that's cuz I grew up around them, so. I'm a bit I'm of a, a cow- dirt bike. I know guy. I know probably people don't get this vibe from me, but I'm kind of a cowboy, Mason. I have a dirt bike. He does. He does. It's true. I have a horse. Well, my dad has a horse. My family has a horse. You have a your dad has a horse? Here in the US. They used to have they used to have a bunch of horses in Mexico. My dad was a professional bull rider. The horse's name? I think he calls what? it Oh, my dad? <laughs> Jose No, not Jose your Cena. dad. What the f I'm <laughs> reacting to the insane amount of information you just gave me. <laughs> okay, one by one. The horse's name is Borrego, which means like little goat. 
don't know why he named him that. I don't know. No, no. I get it. He's a Palomino. Wonderful horse so it's name. Like, so it's like the... Like, Borrego? Borrego. Mm-hmm. Borrego. Mm-hmm. He's a Palomino horse. So it's like the like the little like ivory looking ones, like light coat. Mm-hmm. Um, and awesome. yes, my dad from ages 14 to 18, I believe, was a bull rider. That's... That's yeah. fucking cool, I'll be but honest. But all my dad's side of the family, they all ride horses and they're ranchers, so. Got a ranch down in Mexico. We used to they must a, be really disappointed in their film school. I, I like to think my dad was. Yeah, when I was when I was growing up, he always was like, hey, man, you should do bull riding. And I was like, hey, man, I'm all right. <laughs> I'm like, I really don't want to do that. Look, uh, Dad, I get what you're saying, but have you heard of Guillermo del Toro? Yeah. The first day and night was amazing. Beautiful scenery and amazing air quality. It really is so peaceful out there. I love that area, and I wish I got to go up there more often. Anyway, we started out on the second day, and my cousin said, You want to see something weird? Of course I said yes, so she led me on a bit of a side journey into this tiny little ravine. We ended up traveling about two hours away from our actual path we had laid out. At the very end of this fold in the land... She dismounts and tells me to get off my horse. We then we tie them up in this gorgeous little clearing and she tells me to follow this tiny wildlife path and bring our little rechargeable radio. It's one of those you can plug in or wind up. It also acts as a lantern if you need it to, but that kills the batteries quickly. I do, I do, and out in the middle of fucking nowhere, there's a huge coil of wire sticking out of the ground. The wire itself was not weirdly large, like some buried transmission wire, but small, like 10 or 12 gauge wiring for a house. It trailed off into the brush and trees, so naturally I decided to follow the damn thing out of curiosity. My cousin trails behind me as as I do, and this wire, after coming straight up out of the ground, is strung across limbs of trees, then back to the ground. Then it snakes around the rocks and finally dead ends into an outlet. The outlet is mounted on the side of a desk. It looks like a school teacher's desk from when I was growing up with a metal base and a pseudo wood slash plastic top thing. No chair, no building, no nothing. Just this outlet and this desk. I'm staring confused as hell at this desk in the middle of a forest when my cousin takes the radio, pulls out the cord, and plugs it into the outlet. That fucker then lit up and started blaring static. The wire was being fed from somewhere. Now the place where we had that now the place where we were had no road access, no buildings for many miles, and no other people around. And yet there was a live outlet. <laughs> Weird as shit. No spooky jump scares or bodies, just one lone powered desk in the middle of the woods. I wish I had taken a picture of it. Sand Dragon thought catalog. What do you think of that? I think that's weird. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird. It's, I don't know if it's spooky, it's spooky but it's to me very because believable. it's like why, you know, for what reason? Mm-hmm. But it's not like a torture it's, chamber or anything. It's just a desk. But it's also like, who did this? Who took the time to do this? You know, right? Why? Yes. Okay, last one I believe, and this one is kind of fun. I think you'll like this. Um, Sorry, there's two more. I'll read these last two. But you'll like you'll like this next one, I think. I work in the woods for a living, and I've seen a fair amount of odd things. Carvings in trees, old beat-up cars, random weird trash scattered through the woods, and a fair amount of animal carcasses. I've had instances where I've gotten spooked. Stuff like jumping big critters is always quite jolting. But I can recall one rather butt-puckering experience. I was working with a few other people at the time, spaced out of sight but not out of earshot. I crossed over a little ridge at least two miles from the closest road in the middle of the woods, and I saw what looked like a full skeleton of a cow tied together with twigs and a little bit of twine. Whoever made it had fashioned it to be sitting on a log. They left a very neat pile of bones in front of the thing, and nothing anywhere else. I saw it and about fainted. Definitely really fucking odd considering how far we were off the road and how thick and steep it was. I ended up getting the folks I was with to come check it out, really just for shits and giggles. 
I took note of it and we moved on to the next plots. I have a picture, but I'm new to this whole Reddit thing, so I'll try to figure out how to upload it. MS461 from the r slash ask reddit subreddit. Now, I included the picture here, Mason. Click on this. And I'll post this for the viewers on Instagram, but see that shit? <laughs> I love it. I love it. I knew you would. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I want it in my house. Yeah. So apparently, upon further research, and this is Jose, not the story, um, it's actually a moose skeleton. It's not a cow. I knew that wasn't a fucking cow. It's I couldn't moose. tell what it was yet, but I knew it wasn't a cow. Yeah, yeah it's a moose. I want a fucking moose skeleton so badly. That's kind of spooky, though. It's kind of cool, though. I like it. It reminds me of when people put that monolith, the monolith or whatever, in um, in southern Utah. Did you remember that when that was a big thing? Like the mm -hmm. big... Yeah. yeah. I like stuff like that. I like when people... Because I think this is just like an art thing. I think it was just some somebody like Mason being like, uh... I do that. Yeah, for yeah. sure I do that. But I think it's cool. But also, I would be... If it was me, though, I would have been like, ah! Ah! You know? I would have been spooked. Yes. And now our it's final uh, story is a very short one. But, um... I worked for a few months as a park ranger with the Florida Forest Service at my local state forest. The creepiest thing I saw was a poor young man who hung himself on my second week on the job. The unexplainable, though, are obviously not as cut and dry. We'd have children's clothes neatly folded and left on the trails, pairs of shoes in the middle of our dense burn blocks, and just a general sense of eeriness. My first weeks on the job, I was easily spooked, but after I got into my groove of spending hours alone in the woods, it took a lot to shake me. When the forest goes silent, pack up and move along. Sol and Solly, thought catalog. Nice little spooky uh, sentiment to end on, you know? Um, just that, yeah. that, that that's, I've always wanted to, to be a forest stranger for like a summer. I almost did it when I was out of college, but I never full, like found an actual good place I wanted to go. But just yeah you see some weird shit out there we'll eventually have to do a series on missing 411 because that talks about a lot of the weird things that rangers have encountered out in the national parks but like how they talk yeah. about like children's clothes neatly folded if i saw that i would be absolutely fucking terrified like just neatly yeah, folded that's and spooky thick into the woods yeah mhm mm yeah yeah spooky stuff well that's it mason We've reached the end here of this episode. Um, do you want to share your ghost story with all everyone or just me? I'll share it, and then you can decide okay. what you want to own it or where, if you want to put it in or not. But So I was – I spent the night at my girlfriend's friend's house in a town on the border, the Illinois-Iowa border. Uh-huh. And on Saturday night – I woke up in the middle of the night, and I, I wake up, and I, I, I look, and there's very obviously the silhouette of, like, an eight-year-old girl. And she's standing at this dresser in the bedroom I'm sleeping in. She's shorter than it, and her hands are up on top of the dresser like she's searching for something, but she's not tall enough to see the top of it. And I'm like, okay, I just woke up. This is some sort of, like, hallucination dream slash eye trick thing. Yeah. So I, I, I rub my eyes clear. I I look at my girlfriend who's sleeping next to me. I'm like, that all looks normal. And I look back. And she's still there. Wow. And I just, I'm like, at this point, I'm like, that's a fucking ghost. I'm staring at a ghost right now. I'm not scared. I just don't know what to do. So she just searches for like five minutes. I just watch her. And I like, I'm rubbing my eyes. And this is a, a, a silly question, but there was no little girl living in the, the place that you no, were at. I was in a home that wow. consisted of me, three 20 to 25 year old women ish and one like middle 40s woman 
And this is very clearly a toddler of did, some sort. Did you tell the people you were staying with, like, hey, I saw a little girl. Were they like, I, what the fuck? I did. Yes, I did. And they were just like, that's fucking terrifying. They've never seen I it, I was though? a little disappointed. Yes, I was a little disappointed that they hadn't seen anything similar to that. Because I made sure to ask. I was like, hey, have you ever seen, like, a ghost in this house or anything like that? And they are like, no, no, why? And then I told them. Wow. Because I, I didn't want to, like, influence them. You had a full-blown, full-bodied apparition. And she just, so she, she, she searched for like five minutes. Like I was like seriously like rubbing my eyes, like assuming it was some trick. Wow. And then it just, it just faded into nothingness. So now do you believe in ghosts? Oh man, there it is. Not entirely. Okay. If it wasn't a ghost, then what was it? I could have still been a trick of my eyes because I woke up in the middle of the night. I'm just saying I was... I don't... It's not that I don't believe in ghosts. It's just I... It's one thing when you see something unexplainable and you later move on to assign that as a ghost. This was a case of, I'm like, that's something weird. Rub my eyes, process it, there was, uh, there's no under other logical collusion, conclusion I can come to than that was a ghost. Uh, I don't know. It was weird, though, man. I'll tell wow, you that much. Dude, that's the dream. That's literally the dream. That's what I want. I want to full-bodied apparition see a ghost. I say that, I'm and so I probably would regret that it, I but... Didn't, wow. I'm so mad I didn't interact with it. Yeah, that seems like something you would do. Wow, but well. in the time, I was just like, that's not a ghost. That can't be a ghost. That's going to go away when I look back at it. And it just never went away until I was staring at it. And it just wow. dissolved into blackness. Wow, wow. Well, there you have it, And folks. it wasn't even, it wasn't a Victorian era. No. Like, little girl ghost. It was a modern day, mm. just like, well. child. Well, there you have it. Uh, we're gonna, gonna oh, run. I'm so sorry I keep interrupting you, but the girl whose house it is, who owns the house, did say recently that she woke up in the middle of the night to one of her necklaces banging up against the, the wall. Whoa. And it's on the same dresser as where she keeps all her jewelry, so it is possible that there's a toddler ghost trying to steal her jewelry. Well, I like this a lot. We'll have to... We'll have to have we got to go do an investigation of this house, is what it sounds like to me. I agree. Yeah. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. We're running out of time here on our Zoom, so we're just going to wrap this up quickly. We will see you guys next week for a continuation of the Church of the Lamb of God series. Happy birthday to my mom again. And, everybody, we hope you had a great new year, and we're so excited for what this year is going to hold for us with the show and you guys. So thank you, everybody. We'll yeah. catch you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Say bye, Skeleton. Watch out for dresser ghosts, apparently. And creepy shit in the woods. Remember, if you see something spooky in the woods, just, just keep walking, I reckon. Purr us out, Skeleton Dan. Get it? Like, play us out, but I said purr us out? <laughs>